Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of uh, First Rest Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the VP of Business Development at Now Media Group. Uh, today, we have Jamie join us. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Valley First, they're a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Smokemean, and Thompson Valleys. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. And they also have a robust business and commercial team with the expertise, products, services needed to help local businesses grow and thrive. For more information, visit valleyfirst.com business. So again, thank you to Valley First. Um, so a lot of the topics we've been covering have been, you know, hospitality, tourism events, or two or three, sorry, obvious verticals that have been hit hard during the pandemic. But there's another industry that we're going to talk about today that's seen a whole complete different challenge. So there's a lack of inventory. So we'll talk about that with Jamie. But um, with factories being closed for a while and struggle with parts and whatever, maybe Jamie will jump in and see why there's an issue with with, uh, meeting consumer demand. Um, But at the same time, you're in an industry that also constantly innovates. So how does a local dealership navigate the situation? Did a little bit of research on you guys and you know one way is really community driven focus and we'll talk about that is you know yes you sell obviously you sell vehicles uh, and you try to deliver sort of top of class service but at the same time there's a real focus on community and, and it looks like you guys have some fun doing it with looking at your social channels as well so it's great so um oh we might have, oh there we go thought we lost you there for a second um so welcome jamie Caban to business modern uh business matters sorry uh jamie's the general manager at Kelowna toyota President of the Kelowna Audio Auto Dealers Association, uh, and we're going to dive in today how you guys have been uh, able to navigate the pandemic. So let's get started. So Jamie, nice to see you. Uh, thanks for joining me today. How long have you been with Kelowna Toyota, and how does that relationship look like right now? Um, yeah, so we uh, we purchased the dealership in April of 2016. Um, so I've been the general manager since that time. So I guess four and a half years now. And uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving the Okanagan. I moved here to uh, come take the position um, and uh, hope to be here for a while. Yeah, yeah. Other than the smoke, we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so how big of a team do you have? Like how, how big of uh, staff is there? Uh, we have almost 80 staff, um, mostly full-time. We have some part-time people as well, but we have roughly 80 people that are working for the dealership. Wow. And you guys are both sales and service correct yeah that's correct so we do new car sales obviously is toyota uh we have our used car sales um we have a building next to us called the okanagan credit center which is um for more credit challenged um approvals and financing um and then obviously we do our our servicing and and parts sales as well so what does 
So your title of general manager, what does that look like? What, what, what is day-to-day, what is -day, I want to say, what does a typical look like? So I'm sure there's no typical day, but what, is that, what does that entail? What does that role entail for you? I, I mean, 90% of my day is, is taking care of my staff and taking care of customers. Um, getting to work, uh, making sure my management team's happy, making sure my, uh, the rest of my staff are uh, on the ball with everything. Um, if there's customers that are either upset or need some extra help, um, I'll usually come in uh, uh, there. So it's, it's generally just taking care of customers, taking care of staff is, is what most of my job looks like. Obviously, there's, there's some business-to-business -business side of things um, where I'm dealing with other Toyota dealerships or I'm dealing with other dealerships in town. Um, but I'd say the funnest part of my job is actually getting to deal with the people. So what about when you're wearing your other hat of president of the Cologne Auto Association? Maybe for people that don't know what that association does and how that works, can you maybe explain, and I'm one of them, maybe you can explain how that, you know, how you guys work together and what the, you know, what the role of that association is. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually a really unique association we have here in Kelowna. I've, I've worked in other cities where um, the associations really aren't that tight knit. What it is here is it's basically all the new car dealers in Kelowna. Um, so all the GMs and our owners, we get together pretty much quarterly. Um, a lot of it is, is uh, there's a charity side to it. So we'll all put in money into a pot and then the clean auto dealers uh, donate to different charities each year on behalf of all the new car dealers in the city. Um, and the other side of it is just addressing issues within the city, whether it means um, talking about what parking is going to look like downtown or what automotive is going to look like in the city, what kind of, uh, which ways we want to go about uh, building our industry together. Because really, I mean, ultimately, the new car dealers do compete against each other, but we're, we're in it together in terms of the industry itself. So uh, it's, it's actually a really cool uh, relationship we have because all the dealers are quite close. Um, obviously, there's some competition between them, but, <laughs> but, but the meetings are very productive, and, and it's a really good group of people that we have here. And do you work with other associations from other markets as well, or do you kind of stay within, or is there like a BC chapter that you kind of work within as well? Yeah, so our, ours is obviously, again, it's, it's unique and it is private, so it's not directly connected to other associations, but there is a BC New Car Dealers Association, and then there's a Canada uh, Auto Dealers Association as well. So um, there's not a direct link between them, but yeah, I guess they are arm's length um, similar in, the, in that sense. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into the auto industry world? Like, how did, how did, how did that come about? Uh, well, it was, it was originally through my family. Uh, my, my dad was uh, working for uh, Chrysler Canada for a bunch of years. Um, he left and, and went um, and ended up buying a dealership uh, years back. Um, I managed to work for him for about one year, and that was about all I could handle. So, um, yeah, I, w I went off on my own. I, I ended up going to UBC. I got my degree in uh, commerce from UBC and um, started in a finance office at a dealership and kind of worked my way up. Interesting. Is it the, you just have the one dealership, this Colon Toyota, or is there other ones sort of in the... Yeah, that's the only one. I, I, I have a partner um, who's okay. got a group. Um, he's got about 20 stores, so I'm, I'm the minority partner in the store, and then he's the majority partner and has his, the rest of his group as well. Yeah, interesting. So, as I mentioned sort of at the intro, that there's been a lot of discussion around tourism events, hospitality, that they've been obviously hard hit through the pandemic, but... How is the auto industry coping? Like, what is, what's it look like for you guys the last, 
I want to say a few months, but we've been in this for a while now, six months. Like, what, what's it look like for you? Yeah, it, when it first started, there was, there was a lot of fear around it because we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know who was considered essential, who wasn't. Um, if you look at Ontario and Quebec, dealerships there were completely closed for periods. And the problem with the dealership is the overhead is so massive between the large, the large land that you're on, the huge buildings, the really high value of inventory you're carrying. So if you're closing your doors, the losses that you're taking are substantial. Like in some cases, we're talking millions of dollars a month. Mm -hmm. So that was our biggest fear was, okay, are we going to be open? How can we take care of our customers still if someone has a breakdown, um, if someone writes off a vehicle and needs a new one, or where, where are there areas where we can be essential to our customers and make sure we're helping them out when they're, they need that help. So March, April were really scary. Uh, obviously, business dropped completely. It went to an absolute halt. Um, we had some layoffs. I, I know as the Kelowna auto dealers, when we were sitting down chatting, one of our biggest goals was how do we keep as many of our staff employed as possible? Right. And so each week um, we discuss it and there, there was obviously layoffs. There was no way around it. Um, I'd say business went down probably 70% at least on the, on the sales side. So it was a massive, massive drop. Service kind of kept going. People still need service their vehicles, obviously. And some cases, people were maybe working less, so they had more time to get their vehicles in. So the service side, we didn't see that same hit, but sales was just drastic, huge, huge drop. Um, most dealerships were just trying not to lose money, I guess right. is how you describe it. Right. Um, so that was April. Yeah. May, we saw it come back a little bit. Um, we started seeing with, with the new way everyone was uh, getting used to living in terms of social distancing and, and making sure that proper protocols were in places at all the businesses. Once there was this sort of comfort level built a little bit, that's when we started seeing business come back around. Um, so May was, was a little bit tougher, um, but then June, things kind of started to get a little bit more normal. Um, I mean, overall, I would say the auto industry, if I remember correctly, for Kelowna is down maybe 20% for the year, but, but it is leveling out again. Um, so when you compare it to some of these other, other industries that got hit really, really hard, we felt it that April, May, but we were lucky enough that things turned around really well for us. And I've been reading that one of the struggles you guys have is just inventory. You just, you just don't have, you, you, you just, you can't even meet the demand right now. Is that, is that true? And, and if it is, what's it going to look like for 2021 models? Like, how are you juggling that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been really tough. I think the toughest part was for the manufacturer themselves because they didn't really know what to do. So when it first started, April, May, we were kind of like, you know what? We don't want to have too much inventory. What if our doors close? We don't want to be sitting on all these vehicles that could then age and then they're a year old next year and so on and so forth. So um, we actually weren't too upset when we heard that a lot of the factories were closing and production was halting. We're right. kind of looking at going, this may be a blessing in disguise so that we don't get all these vehicles that we won't be able to sell. Um, so yeah, the factories closed, uh, new vehicles stopped being shipped for almost a two month period. We basically received no vehicles and most most brands are in a similar similar boat some are a little bit better off than others but for the most part most brands had the same issue and then business returned June and all of a sudden we started selling all these vehicles well now we still didn't have any vehicles landing June we didn't have any vehicles landing July by the time it was like July maybe 5th we ran out of trucks like for for Toyota we ran out of all of our Tacomas all of our Tundras which 
probably accounts for, I don't know, 20, at least 20 to 30 vehicle sales a month for us for new. So all of a sudden we had no trucks left and we're, we couldn't really help our customers out. We'd have customers coming in saying, I want to buy this Coma. We'd say, okay, well, hopefully it'll be here in about two months if we're lucky. Wow. So that happened for a lot of the brands where, um, yeah, they, they just essentially ran out of inventory. And so it is tough for the manufacturer as well, because not only are they reopening their factories with way less staff, I'm not sure if you're familiar how it worked, but they, they really had to reduce staff for, for COVID protocols, which makes sense. Right. So total output was reduced. But then at the same time, they didn't know how to forecast because the numbers just got thrown out completely. Right. Like right. we had a record drop in sales in April to a record increase in sales to June. So it's kind of yeah. going like this. Yeah. So to forecast what to build and deliver to the dealerships was just out the window. Mm. So uh, I think some brands are doing better than others. They maybe got lucky and said, you know what, They're, we're going to be bullish on this. Let's send them yeah. some extra inventory out and hope they sell it. Other brands are like, what happens if we have a second wave in, in the fall and dealerships have to close again? And so I think we're lucky enough. Toyota is kind of in the middle. Um, right. They were getting good inventory now. Uh, right. We're able to fill the orders that we wanted to fill. But, uh, but yeah, it was a rough couple of months where That's sales were good, but we just didn't have the cars to give people. That's interesting. And in what, what were there specific types of vehicles or was it all across the board? Like, are, are you selling uh trucks more trucks hybrid vehicles like what, what what's moving more than others right now um for us uh the hybrids are huge right now yeah. um and, and toyota's making a huge move to hybrid like by 2025 every single toyota model will have hybrid option wow. um, which is pretty cool mm -hmm. um so hybrids has been big for us because they just uh there's a restriction on some of the batteries so they just couldn't make as many as we wanted to sell so, for example, when the RAV Hybrid came out, like we had 25, 30 person wait list for it. Um, but we're finally getting stock now. So it's improving there. So that hybrids is one side of it for sure. Trucks was another big one for some reason. Um, I don't know if the demand just picked up for Kelowna specifically, but I, I know talking to a few of the other brands, especially domestics, they're all running out of their trucks. Yeah. Well, maybe because of the, I don't know. I'm thinking booming construction industry in our market too. I wonder if that kind of ties to it a little bit or are people taking off and going, buying their trailers because they can't travel overseas and going camping more. So they're needing the truck for a lot of that. Too, oh, totally. Right? If yeah. you talk to any of the, the RV dealers, they're, they're selling out. They're having the biggest years they've ever yeah. had in history. So yeah, absolutely. Trucks would have to do with that. Kelowna kind of is a bit of a, a truck market too. Yeah. It's, it's weird because you have this, you have the Vancouver side of things that are, that's more of an import market, right. more cars, more small SUVs. And then you have the Alberta side of things that's like all trucks. Yeah, and yeah. We're, we're kind of in between <laughs> that a little bit. Um, but I think we lean a little bit more towards trucks right now. I, I, I don't know if it's just that's who's buying or if that's who's in the market or what it is. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of trucks at the moment. So how is... How has your day-to-day -day business changed through this? Like, is, is stuff moved? I know people talk about moving virtually. Like, are you able to move your sort of industry virtually? Like, are people buying cars virtually? Are you doing more online? Like, what, is, that, is that shift happened for you as well? Yeah, it's from the business to business side, absolutely. Like, all, all of my meetings, like, with Toyota or with my suppliers or any of that stuff, that's all virtual now, where they'd normally come in and have a sit-down meeting all of that sort of thing has gone virtual. So where we can go virtual, yeah, we have. 
Um, in terms of actual car sales, we've tried it. There's a, there's a lot of stores, especially in our group, where we put on these options where you can go onto the website, you can go through a vehicle, you can choose options, you can choose pricing, right. payments, everything. So you essentially can do the buying experience online. But what we found is even though we provided it, it's, it didn't really take off much. People still want to come in and drive that car that they're buying first. And, and you don't blame them. If, for a lot of people, it's, it's one of the second biggest purchase of their lives behind their homes. So to go and make that big of a purchase without actually being in the vehicle, touching the vehicle, driving the vehicle, uh, I think it's tough for a lot of people. Mm. So yeah, I, we're definitely moving towards a more virtual experience in terms of being able to see uh, or in being able to check out the vehicle as much as possible. But I still think there's always going to be um, that need to want to actually go and touch and drive the products. Which makes uh, sense. Maybe yeah. are people showing up more educated, if that's the right word, because they're, they're able to do their research online, so they're coming in somewhat knowing what they want more? Absolutely. The con yeah. Vehicle consumers are way more educated than they were five years ago, 10 years ago. They're able to go online. They can compare pricing easier. The entire market has become so, so much more transparent. Like new vehicles, everyone can go online and build and price any new vehicle they want. They can see the payments. They can see their interest rates for pretty much every brand, which is good. It, sh it should be that way. And then on the flip side of it for used vehicles, it's really easy to go out and check and say, okay, what is my vehicle selling for in the market right now by checking out different online platforms, which also is good because it's created a lot of transparency in the market for your trade-in as well, because we're all using very similar appraisal tools now. So right. you could go to, you could go to five dealerships now and you'll get the same trade value within a thousand bucks. Whereas if you did this 10 years ago, you could have a dealership offering five grand more one place and five grand less than another place. And you're going, what the heck, what's the right number here? Yeah. So there's more consistency in the industry. There's more transparency in, in the industry. There's more readily information for consumers. So I think in terms of vehicle purchasing experiences for consumers, it's going to keep getting better and better. And the dealerships just need to make sure they're keeping up with that consumer expectation of being able to provide information. That's excellent. So just switch focus a little bit. So from a you know manager, you say you like you like dealing with people. So it's you know that's both your customers and, and your team. But with the struggles of you know from inventory, um, you know kids going back to school, family. All, how how are you keeping your team motivated? What are you doing? Because you know if I look at some of your social, it looks like you guys are having at work and you're doing you know community things but what are some other ways that you're keeping sort of your team motivated through really the up and down of what you've had to go through the last few months yeah it's <laughs> i guess we've had to get a little bit uh creative in a few different ways i mean my job and my manager's jobs essentially is to make sure that our staff are in the right headspace that they're right. doing okay that they're happy because if they're coming to work happy they're going to take care of their customers their customers right. are going to be happy and kind of snowballs from there um the biggest thing for me is 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 one-on-ones, I call them. It's just sitting down with staff and talk, talking to them, making sure they're okay. A lot of times what's really, really tough, especially with dealerships too, because there's kind of this stigma sometimes where people come to dealerships and they think a dealership might be trying to do something a little finicky or they may not trust them very well. So they may, if they're having a stressful day or something or they're having a bad day, they might get upset even though it may not have anything to do with us. So you kind of just need to A, remind your staff that, um, be cognizant that a lot of people are in really, really tough places, including our customers. So if a customer's coming in and 
seems like they're a little off or having a bad day, it's probably because they are. Yeah. yeah. So we, we treat, I treat my staff that way first, where if I see a staff members off, like we have a sit down, make sure they're doing okay. There's times where I've, I've talked to staff and said, you know what, why don't you go take a few days? Right. Um, not because I think that they're not doing well or they won't do well, but sometimes they're just not in that headspace. Yeah. Um, and I think employers definitely need to be cognizant of the fact that it is tough for a lot of people, including your staff. And different people are going to get through things different ways. And some people are affected different than some people like COVID. You can talk to one person. I'll have a customer come in and he wants to hug every person in the dealership. And you kind of got to be like, rules in place. And then you have other customers that come in that have masks on that need to make sure they stay the, the two meters apart that are very, very wary of even being in a dealership or being in a business. So it's kind of, uh, you have to be respectful along the entire gamut <laughs> um and, and it goes the same for staff like you have some staff that come in that are just like you know what another day let's just do well and keep going and you have other staff that come in that are almost afraid to be at work um and again that's something you have to respect on both ends of things and and make sure you're chatting with them making sure they're okay making sure they're they're happy and okay being at at work so how does that how does that come across? And like, other than there's people that have brand loyalty, you're, you're going to buy a Toyota, you're going to buy whatever it is, whatever brand that you're always going to buy. But outside of that, how do you make like what you're saying? How does that translate to make you guys different than I'll say your competitors? Like, so, you know, why, why Cologne Toyota, again, parking brand aside, what are some things you guys do once I'm a client, I walk onto your lot that's different than maybe others might do? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, there's so much competition in the auto in the auto industry, as you can probably see by the amount of ads that go out and <laughs> and the uh, we make a lot of noise, obviously, in our marketing. And yeah. and I mean, not only is there competition, like there's competition for me in the city with other brands. Um, there's competition in the used car market. There's competition from other Toyota dealerships in the valley or even in Vancouver. Um, so yeah, it's it's very very important to make sure you differentiate yourself and. The two biggest things that we really pushed for when we first got here, one, uh, you already kind of mentioned it, is community involvement. Um, we make sure that uh, I, every year that we're donating to local charities. Um, we generally, depending on the year, will donate between $100,000 and $200,000 a year um, to local charities. I think we're up to about $550,000 since, uh, since we got here. Um, but then also making sure we, we're involved with these charities. We, we um, donate, or sorry, we uh, put our time in with a lot of them. We uh, volunteer. Um, we have events at the dealership. Um, we make sure there's like a connection beyond just writing a check to someone and, and moving on. So that's a big side of it is the community involvement part of things. The other side of it is um, I, I like to call it just the atmosphere when you come to the store. If you haven't been here before, um, it's we have a bit of an environment where you walk in, it kind of feels like a home. Um, you don't feel like you're walking into a car dealership showroom <laughs> get accosted by a whole bunch of people we try and be just super friendly welcome you to the dealership um let you know what the expectation is for that day what how we can help you give you the information you want and the biggest thing we always say to people is we're here to provide you with the information you need to make a buying decision and if you end up uh, liking and finding a car great if not uh we hope to uh sell you one in the near future it's interesting i, I was you know as you mentioned for the community side um 
on your site, it shows that you've had over 40 charity events. You've supported over 26 charities and raised or donated over $550,000. And to me, that really stood out is that, you know, so we talk about buy local and support local and you guys are living it to like the hundredth degree, which is awesome. It's just what we want to see. But one of the ones that really stood out for me was that you just recently ran a promotion um, where you're getting to the Guinness Book of Records of putting stickers on a vehicle. Yeah. So, and, and I love that where you're, you're, you're tying in so many different elements there. But how did those come to be? Like even that one promotion, like is that a weekly meeting you guys do from manager level? How, how, does, something like, how does something like that say, hey, let's, let's try for a world record? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the way we chose to do it is um, we created a, a charity council, let's call it, for the dealership. So we have a representative from each department. Um, we meet usually every second Friday and, uh, and what we essentially do is exactly what we're saying. We brainstorm for things we want to do. Um, something that's important to us is if we have an employee or a customer that has a charity that wants to be supported, that we get it brought to the table. We discuss it. Sometimes we even have charities to come in and present to the group. Um, they'll come in and do a presentation on during our meeting and, and then, uh, we usually decide who we're going to donate to, how much we're going to donate to. Um, but it's, it's cool because it keeps the staff involved with the decision. It's not like me vetting a bunch of charities and saying, okay, guys, we're going to donate this money to this charity because blah, blah, blah. It's, it's made a decision by the staff, by the representatives of each department where everyone's involved in the decision. Um, and I think that's really important. That's a, it's a big part. Our, our staff, um, are, are proud of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's their thing. They're making the decision on where that money's going and they're proud that they're able to, uh, make that contribution. And it's great that you guys are involved. Like, and I use the word activate with clients is that you're not just cutting the check. Uh, you're not just putting a logo on a banner. You're actually getting involved, which is to me almost just as valuable as the dollars you're giving because a lot of the local charities need help. They're small teams. They're, they don't have funding. And I, I love the fact that you guys actually roll up your sleeves and actually get involved, which is awesome. So. Yeah, I think it's important. It's, it, it creates a connection with the people um, right. that are in these charities. And, I mean, part of it obviously is that the hope that they'll consider us one day for a vehicle down the road, obviously, but, but that connection goes so long. Even if that person isn't buying a vehicle, they know someone and they say, hey, we just had this awesome event at Colony Toyota. I heard you're looking for a vehicle. You should go check them out. Yeah. And that goes so long right now, like especially with all the noise that happens in marketing where everybody's advertising for this rebate and this percent off and all these kind of things. The, the, the number one way to pick up a customer now is being recommended by a friend for the most part. Like when someone says, hey, go, go see Jamie at Kona Toyota. He's going to help you out. He's going to take care of you. Most of the time, people will take that recommendation. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, word of mouth, you can't beat that for sure. So we're going to switch focus. I mentioned to Jamie at the start that we're going to do, we do this thing called 10 rapid fire questions. They have nothing to do with your car and just your, your Kona Toyota. So we're going we're gonna to learn a little bit about you real quickly um i'm gonna have 11th one because there's one that i found that i thought i gotta ask but anyways let's start so number one what was your very first job very first job uh yeah. our ski instructor for hockey oh ah, interesting did you play hockey did you play like amateur professional did you yeah no i i, I played up to like midget triple a and then uh, yeah, I went to I went to boarding school for a year and then uh then just kind of men's league and stuff like that from right. there on yeah. Um, who's the most famous person you ever met? Ooh. Any celebrities, person? any sports people, any 
Oh, Wayne Gretzky. That was a cool one. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That, yeah. That's on my list of love to me. Um, I'm not sure if you're an active reader. If you are, anything you're reading right now, what are you reading? What are you, what are you uh, looking at? Yeah, there's a few different ones. I was reading a few of Robert Hershevik's uh, mm -hmm. books. I'm definitely a fan. Yeah. Uh, like, you, don't, you don't have to be a shark is a good one. I, I'm really like it. He has some good stories in them. It's, uh, yeah, he's got some good books. What do you listen to? What's your favorite band? Or who's your favorite band? Oh, my favorite band of all time, probably Sublime. Is oh, really? Oh, we're on my list too. You don't find many people that say Sublime. That's awesome. Yeah, Sublime fan for sure. Uh, but yeah, I love some old rocks and Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to a podcast this morning about the argument of who the top drummer of all time was. So Bonham and yeah, everyone. I say nine out of 10 said Bonham. So when you say Led Zeppelin, so. Um, yeah. Someone you really admire. So either through profession or personally, but who's someone you've looked up to? Could be in personal life or maybe someone like a, you know, through a book or a podcast or someone that you admire that you look up to. You know what, I, I, it's kind of cliche to say, but one's my grandpa. He's a XRCP superintendent. And uh, yeah, I definitely look up to him. Awesome. Uh, got any favorite quotes? Do you, did people say, this is what Jamie says all the time. Is there something that? <laughs> oh man, favorite quotes. Oh, we were just talking about one the other day and that was from a Green Day song. We're like, you know what? That's just a really good one just because things are kind of weird to right now, but it goes, uh, for what it's worth, it was worth all the while. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I like that one. <laughs> um, what was the first big ticket item you bought with your own money? Sea Stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I bought, I remember in college, I saved up. I was supposed to, I think I was supposed to use it to pay for college, but I bought like a stereo system. This like the, the biggest stereo system I could find. Looking back, it was a dumb decision. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I bought the CD. I even, I think I financed it even. I was just like. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's something that you'd love to accomplish next year, either in your personal business life that you haven't done yet? Like one thing, something on your, could be a bucket list or just an accomplishment through business. Is there anything that sort of comes to mind that you'd love to say, I'd love to accomplish this next year? Yeah, I think two things actually. One personal, one business. Business would be, um, we're building our new building and I, we're hopefully going to get it done by the end of next year. We're spending so much time on it. And that's, that's like a big one for me is getting that new building done and moved in. And so I'm pretty excited for that. Personal side, um, I'm on the cabinet for the Okanagan College Foundation. And we're, we're doing a big, our big campaign for the health science um, building. And so just hoping to hit our, our target for that next year would be huge. Awesome. Um, when we could travel, what was your favorite place you've ever visited? Mm, place for I, love, I love Italy. I went to a wedding in Tuscany a few years ago, and that was pretty unreal. Um, but I, miss, I went to a school in, in Copenhagen in Denmark. And uh, I haven't been back in ages. I'd love to go back to Copenhagen. Oh, wow. Awesome. I love the, tu the Tuscany one. Sounds, I'm a foodie, so the Tuscany one sounds amazing to me. Oh, yeah. It's unreal. It's beautiful. Um, what's your favorite breakfast? What do you eat in the morning? You know what? I usually don't actually eat breakfast. I'm a, I'm a bit of an intermittent faster, so most of my meals come first in the afternoon. But if, uh, if I'm eating out, if I'm having brunch maybe on the weekends, just Eggs Benny. I love Eggs Benny. Awesome. Last question. I'm going to throw in it because I find this is more of like funny, but I, I was looking, just doing some research in this. And one of the top questions that came up all the time is what happens when the salesperson goes to talk to the manager? What's really going on? <laughs> <laughs> and 
the manager's office behind the wind, the two pane glass. That's right. Um, we we try we try to avoid that when we can. But if when a salesperson comes into we call it the tower where the sales managers are, um, essentially what he's doing is checking to see what inventory we have. So let's say a customer comes in and says, "Oh, I want to tr- check out a Corolla. Um, I need it to have this, this, and this. Um, I want it to be new or used, whatever." Um, that salesperson will kind of take that information. They'll go sit with the manager, review what inventory we have, because uh, the manager is going to know what's sold, what's not sold, what's available, what's got good programs on it, that kind of stuff. And they'll kind of say, "Hey, why don't you show them this this stock number, blah blah blah, because it's got these options, and there's this really great program on that one right now, which will save them a bunch of money." So that's kind of the conversation that happens in that office. And then what we actually do is the manager will then come out and say hi to the customer. <laughs> so it's not, so it's not like, hey, this isn't the the two-way glass thing where yeah, we're right. door. It's hey, my my desk is right there. If you have any questions, come on over and come say hi to me anytime. I just want to come introduce myself. And so that's that's kind of how we go about it most of the time with uh, with the manager and salesperson. I always thought that was kind of a funny question that kept popping. It, it's true. I guess you don't really know because it's like, what are they doing back then? Yeah. Uh, there's something. Something must be good. They're scheming about something, right? Um, I hear sometimes people say like, you know, I don't car, right? I, I, or, or they're, they're intimidated for walking on a lot, right? Because they feel the stigma, right? The old school, you're going to get, someone's going to be on you right away trying to sell you something. So for someone that's maybe a little hesitant about that, what, you know, what are some tips you can give sort of before they walk on the lot or a way they can shop for vehicles so they, they feel a little bit more comfortable? Yeah, that's a good question. I, and I, I feel like that is a stigma for a lot of people because we'll, we'll have people walk in a lot and you kind of go say hi and they'll be like, no, we're good. Just look at you. It's really common and totally fair. Um, one, you can get a ton of information online now, whether it be through like the, our Toyota website or Kelowna Toyota. KelownaToyota.com uh, shows all of our inventory. You can build payments on it. Um, but what I suggest, especially if you're, if you're intimidated to just come in on your own, Give us a call or shoot us an email. Just contact us us first right. and get to know someone that way first. What happens a lot of times is people call, call in, they'll ask for some information on a vehicle, they'll speak with a salesperson, and they might even get to know them a little bit so that when they come into the dealership, they're actually asking for that person and they already know them a little bit. It's not some uncomfortable quick hello yeah. on the lot. Right. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend uh, either shooting an email in, calling in, uh, maybe getting to know someone a little bit before you come in. A lot of times what can happen is people will even phone me and say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of nervous to come in. We want to look at this vehicle. Uh, they might be like an older couple or a younger couple or a single male or single female. And what I'll try and do is I'll find out a bit more information about them and I'll try and pair them with one of our sales staff. That would be a good fit. Some, yeah. some staff are a little bit higher pace. Some are much slower pace. Some will give you a ton of information. Some will give you less. We've got yeah. mail, email. Um, so it's, it's nice to be able to match up a customer with a salesperson because it generally creates a lot better experience for them. That makes sense. Lots of great tips actually. I really like that. Um, so Toyota, you know, is known for innovation and, and I, you know, I was looking at when I was looking online, like there's flying cars and there's a lot of green technology, but what's come across your desk that you're super excited about either, you know, in an immediate 12 to 18 months or down the road that Toyota is working on. There's, there's, oh man, there's so much stuff. Um, <laughs> Toyota is obviously a pretty massive company. Um, so they've got so many little things going on. They, they own so many pieces of so many other tech companies as well. 
Um, but the two main things that are really, really cool, one is the uh, one point I already mentioned, the fact that we're going to have a hybrid model for every single vehicle in 2025. So for example, like the new Sienna is coming out this year, it's only hybrid. The new Venza just landed, it's only hybrid. Mm. Um, the new RAV hybrid selling almost as much as the RAV gas, wow. which is crazy. Like, so it's hybrids really, really taking off, but um, Toyota's really starting to push their hydrogen cell vehicles. Um, they have a new Mirai coming out. So Mirai is the current one they have. Um, okay. You can purchase now. It's actually got absolutely insane programs on it too, just because they're trying to really promote it. Um, and then the new version is coming up next year. Um, lucky for us, we're hopefully going to ha have a hydrogen fill station coming to Kelowna within the year. Um, so if we do, basically what, what will happen is you'll be able to buy a Mirai and you literally fill it at a hydrogen station and the only output um, from the exhaust is, is water and air. Huh. So it's, it's pretty cool. And the difference you have of, of that versus an electric vehicle is you don't have to sit at a, at a charging station for 30, 40 minutes to get your car going. It's literally like filling up gas. You go to the hydrogen fill station, fill it up, gives you enough uh, hydrogen to get to say Vancouver. There's I think four filling stations uh, throughout Vancouver. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it'd be pretty cool if the hydrogen side of things took off a little bit as well. I, I really like the electric, uh, the EV, um, right. zero stuff, but the hydrogen one's been a little bit more interesting to me. So you've got a lot of passion, I can tell, for what you do. You love what you do, but you know, what is it? What, what is it about? What gets you up in the morning? You know, why do you love what you do? You know what? It's, it, people always say like, oh, you must, you must absolutely love cars working at a dealership <laughs> and cars must be your favorite thing. And, Ironically, I, I like I do love cars. I mean, it's I, I I enjoy. I've got I've got an appreciation for them, say. But for me, I'm not in the industry for the vehicles. I mean, it's the pieces of metal ultimately. For me, for me, it's for the people. Um, the interactions we have, the amount of people that come in, and uh, it's for that email you get in the morning saying, "Hey, I just had this amazing experience with your staff. I just want to thank you so much. We're so happy in our vehicle. We're loving it. It's been great for our family." here's a picture of us going camping last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's cool. The amount of people that will send emails just, just to say thank you or how they appreciate their experience or how they're loving their vehicle. I think that's, that's what does it for me between customers being happy in that way or staff being proud to, to work in the store saying how, you know what, we really love the charity event we were involved in last week. My wife came out and helped out and we just want to say thank you. We're, we're, I'm proud to be uh, an employee at Kelowna Toyota. Um, that's that's what I get up for for sure. Well, that's great. I mean, you guys are doing great things there. So kudos to you and your team for sure. Because it's uh, uh, like I said, I think there's sometimes a stigma when it comes around sort of the auto world, and, and it's not like you know it was. So I think people need to go and experience, like you said. You know, I love your tips of calling ahead of time, getting to know people, and making that an experience. Because I agree, it's it's a big purchase for everybody. So you know, yeah. make sure that you're doing your due diligence when you're doing that. And I love that you're open to just picking up the phone or getting an email and talking through with clients, right? Which is pretty. Oh, absolutely. It's, and, and I mean, some, some GMs are more involved than other GMs. For me, like if, if someone wants to come and look at a vehicle and speak to me first, I'm happy for someone to call and say, Hey, I want to speak to Jamie right away. Um, or they want to shoot me an email or ask me some questions or come have a coffee here. Right. Um, I love that. I think it's great when people want to connect. So that's a good sort of wrap up for us is that there's someone's watching and thinking about, you know, wanting to come test drive or know about more about the vehicles and some of the ones that you mentioned. So the hybrids with hydrogen cells or anything. So what's the best way for them to do that? 
I think the two easiest ways, one is phone in or, or jump online is the two easiest ways. Just going to clonatoyota.com um, or calling us at the dealership here. But if anybody ever wanted to reach out personally or ask me some questions about the dealership or ask me some questions about our involvement in the community, things like that, I, I'm, I love that stuff. So if they want to call in and ask for me, ask for Jamie or shoot me an email, I, I can give you my email right now if you want or, or uh, you can post it up. But I'm happy for people to reach out to me personally anytime. Yeah, we can post the email on it um, as a follow-up for sure. That'd be great if, if anyone's interested in it. I'm sure they can track the information down on the site as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm not hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jamie. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. It was really informative and love to hear what you guys are doing in the community. Like, again, kudos for all your everything you do for the uh, nonprofits in this community as well. It's, it's great. So. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. It's been great being on. Yeah, so thank you. Thanks, everyone, for joining for Business Matters, and uh, have a great day, everyone. Take care. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.